15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Wait a minute. I've heard that before. That's the note Jeremy wrote to me in my yearbook in the sixth grade. How'd you even know that? Because it's from Geico. Yeah, yeah wait, here it is. Dear Luke, have a great summer. P.S. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Love, Jeremy. Geico's had this tagline for years because we help save people money. So wait, you're saying Jeremy copied you? <laughs> yeah, that actually does sound like something the J-Man would do. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Audiskew is a founding member of the Odd Pods Media Network. Hey, this is Russ. This is Kyle. This is Michelle. From, From the, the Infectious, Infectious Groove Podcast. Podcast. Join us every Monday for the most fun you can have with a music podcast. The Infectious Groove Podcast uses a positive and fun approach as we take time every week to share our jammy jams, then dig into a thought-provoking topic discussing all decades and genres of music. You can find the Infectious Infectious Groove Podcast on all major podcast platforms, or you can head to infectiousgroovepodcast.com to find us there and subscribe. We might have a controversial opinion here or there, but we always have fun with it. Oh, I'm sure I'll say something dumb. Subscribe to the Infectious Groove Podcast, part of the Odd Pods Media Network. Podcast. I am CJ, and with me, as always, is my hetero like me, Rico. Party on, man! You fuck. You stole my thing. Party on, motherfucker! <laughs> What's I going on? I was about dude? to fucking do that, but you fucking stole it. I had this to. Is I, I, from the last episode, is I, it not? Well, I so rarely get to do it, so I figured this was an opportunity for me to 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 uh, get to flip it up a little bit. You know, so that's true. That's true. Um, but uh, what's going on? You doing good? I, you know, I, I have a bit of a tickle in my throat. I, I kind of sound like, like I'm auditioning to play Mr. Blonde in Reservoir Dogs. I was uh, gonna go with Anton. You actually have a bit of an Anton thing. No, probably more Tommy than Anton. But yeah, uh, whatever Tommy's character was. In in what? In No Country. Oh no! It, it fucking Anton Sugar is like call it. <laughs> Right, that's what I'm saying. It's a little more Tommy, but uh, anyway. But if it, let me, if I do like, you gonna bark all day, little doggy, or are you gonna bite? Like it's really fucking Michael Madsen. All right, well, hold on a minute, because you definitely just went robotic on me for a second there. I went robotic. Yeah, oh, shit, you're well. good. No, no, you're good now. But for a second there, you went. It, so when you were saying that, you were like, you sounded like Mr. Roboto. It was pretty, pretty good there. I'm. Oh, apparently I can, when I attempt one impression, it becomes another impression. That's apparently, just how skilled apparently. I am. Uh, we, you, for the audience, you are using on not your normal text. So if you do sound a little bit different, that's that's the reason why. But you're still with us, and that's the key. That's the important part. Yes. So. It's because Steph, Steph left me yet again. She's well, house sitting for Max. Don't you say anything. I know you all <laughs> want to say something. <laughs> um, um, no, she, she's house sitting, and so she had to take her work computer. Yeah. Uh, so I was using her, her Chromebook spare, and I didn't have it. I don't care enough to make sure everything's hooked up. So right. We well, no, it's it's it sounds more about like the internet connection, but that's what it is. We'll we'll fight through it. We also have another guest with us tonight, though. Uh, joining us today, um, the the better of the three of us, I think, uh, in 
in our, our the more artistic of oh us, for sure for no no doubt for sure uh the one the only logo mics back with us what's going on man what's going on guys party on cj party on rico <laughs> party on party dude on. Party uh, on, Michelangelo. Yeah, right. There you go. Uh, no, it's good to have you back. We haven't we haven't talked a whole lot since uh, Red Bank actually. When you came up and hung out with us on uh, at the stash and represented Potescu very nicely on uh, BFYTW. I tried, man. You did good. I, I, I was being serious. <laughs> like no, no, I could have done so much better. I okay. knew every single answer to every question that was an- that was asked, and I just blanked. I mean, no, listen, it, it, the it, timer it, fucks it, everything. The, the so timer? If I was listening to it at home, like casually or anything like that, I would have gotten every single answer right, except for Robert Shaw. I don't know why, but Robert Shaw's name always escapes my, uh, my <laughs> mind when, when it comes up. So that was the one thing that I let slide. Well, But everything but, else I, sh- I should have gotten. Well, Rico said it, and he's right, though. The timer, and I think sitting in front of the mic... Regardless of the fact that we had a room full of people watching, too. I mean, that's another thing. Like, Rico and I did this once before with those guys, and it was yeah. just them and us on Skype like this. So it wasn't, you know, and... I mean, and right from the first uh, question of it, you know, the Rick Moranis one, and I, I knew it was Rick Moranis, and I just yeah. drew the biggest blank, and I think, like, I probably paused for about 10 seconds, but it felt like an eternity, and I was yeah. just like, oh, my God, like, I can't think of his name <laughs> Like I just couldn't, you, the word just couldn't come out. And I was just, ugh. What I, what I really appreciated though, regardless of whether or not they gave you the point for it, was that you, you knew it, you, you remembered it and you were determined to fucking say it regardless of whether or not they gave it to you. And I thought that was, yeah. that was so, that is so a pot of skew move. I think like, fuck it. If we're getting the points, we're going to say the right answer. God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I'm going for uh, some kind of extra credit. Yeah. Yeah. Off the, so. uh, I'm off the question, but no, still, it's... it was fun. It was it was a great time. I'm I'm mad I wasn't able to stay, uh, you know, overnight. But uh, I know you know we'll do it again sometime. And it yeah. was just great to you know meet everybody face to face. Rico, uh, yeah, I've seen you enough, so yeah, that's, that's... <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, just everything else it was just cool. It was just, it was just great to meet, great meet up, and it was great. It was, was it was absolutely time. awesome to meet you in person. Yeah, I had fun, man. It, it was, was really a good time. I, I time Red Bank too, so it was my first time at the uh, the stash and, and everywhere. So it's a lot well, of first times. And I think it was everybody's first time at the new stash. I don't think anyone that was there had been to the new location. Several of us, myself included, had been to the old location, the one that you see on Comic Book Men. But the location right. they're at now, I don't think any of us had been to uh, yet. Um, yep. Uh, just, no. That just general and uh, and the quick stop too. Yeah, Jeez. so crazy to see it in person, man. It's, right? I don't, I don't know how Kevin did it. It's it's really that. impressive, isn't it? Yeah, it really. We is. weren't even there. Like we were there for a while at the quick stop. It was not a quick stop. It was more of a stop. Oh. Quick. Yeah, we even saw uh, a couple other people, uh, tourists coming in and uh, and checking out the quick stop too at, while we were there. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, wasn't it like their anniversary or something? Like they were celebrating I, like an I, anniversary, and they were like, "We just we just want to come by and check this place out." I don't think it was an anniversary. I think they just came as a couple, but I don't think it was an uh, an event like that. Or or if it was, they were passing through on their way to or from what they actually went to do to celebrate. Like I don't think they sure. went there for that purpose. But 
you know, like I for the anniversary. I mean, you know, so. Um, Mike, did you buy anything at the stash? I did. I bought. Uh, I got it right here next to me. I got this. I didn't oh, read nice. it yet. Oh yeah, yeah, you didn't read. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you told me you were looking for a good graphic novel, so. Yeah, but I, I haven't. So read for it. those who can't see, he 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 bought the wanted graphic novel. Yeah. Oh yeah, Rigo, this is going to be an interesting one because <laughs> you keep going back into Mr. Roboto. Um, <laughs> Domo so, Rigato. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. You saw the free thing I got, right, Mike? From from the the employees at the stash, you were there when I got that, right? Yeah. yeah. I was writing. I was writing backies at lunch. That's what I thought. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You up? That was great, man. That was pretty awesome. So was it a? It was a J uh, figure, right? Yeah, it's J <laughs> J from from Dogma. Right. So that's all, man. Yeah, man. So why they why they give you something free? I didn't get anything free. Um, they liked I me did, better. I did see CJ go in the back room for about ten minutes with the guys. Fifteen. Yeah. You it's know. The, yeah. Oh, you you put extra effort into it. Yeah, you, well, you, you got to. Snow, you, you fucking snowball. Like, we knew it. His knees <laughs> were a little to. dirty on the way out, too, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, but they're always like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I got to tell you, I'm like, this is not meant to, to make you feel bad, but, like, when we got to dinner, the first thing that Smoke said to us was, Where, where's Logo Mike? Like, he was really kind of bummed you, you didn't hang around for dinner, so. Uh, me too, man. Sorry, Smoke. <laughs> nah, I'm sure. Yeah, uh, he's, again, he's so laid back. I doubt he was that bent about it. But he wanted to, he basically wanted to be able to say goodbye. That's the thing that bummed him out. Is he, if you were gonna you were gonna roll, he didn't get to say goodbye properly. So um, I'm, I'm hard for goodbye. So yeah. So um, but yeah, that, it, great, it was great time, great hang. It, yeah, it was good. It was good to be able to get the three. You know, like I, I really consider and and Rico, you you being the other main player here, back me up and feel like if I'm um misspeaking but i really feel like obviously rico and i are pot askew like the show is rico and i we're the ones here every week recording but i do think the show as a whole really consists of five people up to this point four for sort of and and five i think though um and that's obviously rico and myself stephanie uh rebecca to a lesser extent because she's she's not around all the time but she's such a huge support and and help when we need her and then of course mm-hmm. you buddy i mean i think i think that's the the like if anyone could say they represent potaskew i think it's those five people really is is kind of sure. the, the the names that i think sure. i would also add mark like mark mark yeah. is is the mark would represent potaskew but he would not be he'd be like well look i'm here because i'm friends with the fucking guy i don't actually listen to the show but yay potaskew like well, that's yeah. mark would yeah. to do it yeah so I actually, you know, Mike, when when they asked you to ask, you know, us, meaning when when we were playing the game and they were saying who you were representing and you said us, I I wasn't offended, but I was definitely stunned. Like I just expected you to be like, oh, my art or whatever, like your stuff. Like I was not expecting you to say because Rico will tell you I was sitting next to him and I even turned to him like, oh, OK, <laughs> like I wasn't. Yeah, yeah. You know. I'm, I'm here for you guys. So, it, it was actually more than once. Like CJ, at least twice, has like has said like I'm still kind of floored that fucking Mike like was like on Team Potaskew and on not for nothing. Like right. I would have been upset if you hadn't. Exactly. Like, exactly. I, like when when you were like I'm representing Potaskew, I'm like fuck yeah, you better be. God damn it. Like <laughs> yeah, for sure. Fuck I'll you be. and your art. You better be on Potaskew. Like, <laughs> um. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, like, you know, I I bring it up because, not because I don't want Mike to represent the show, but Mike is an accomplished artist, in my opinion, and, and, and should be representing his brand, you know, like, get the brand out there. So I'm honored that he said Potaskew. I'm not upset about it, but I, I wish he had given himself more credit. That's honestly why I bring it up. So, Mike, do you like that we call you Logo Mike? Yeah, that's fine. I like okay. Well, and I only... We only do it on the show. Like when Mike, Mike and I do go, he, he jokingly said he sees enough of my ass, but we do hang out and get a beer from time to time. And I don't sit there at, while we're drinking a beer going, hey, Logo Mike. Like I don't, only when we introduce him to, because people who listen to the show know him as Logo Mike. But even then when we were sitting around, I think we were, I think even when Smoke asked where he was, he didn't say, where's Logo Mike? He's like, where's Mike? Like nobody <laughs> adds that. That's just a you and me thing more than anybody. Right. So if it sticks, why not? You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, you, you have gotten some work out of it. I know a little bit at least. So that's, that's been oh, good. Yeah, a little so. bit. Yeah. But yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for Mike's bill for, for my, for my new logo. $300 motherfucker. <laughs> it is not going to be $300. I assure you. <laughs> It better not be. Then, then he'll be he'll be the only motherfucker representing Pontescu. That's all I'm gonna say. Yeah. As of as of a couple of weeks ago, my prices have gone up. So. Oh really? Four hundred dollars now? Yeah. So there uh, you go. Well, I'm only. Like, like, um, so I have to spend twenty minutes alone with you. Is what you're saying. <laughs> twenty five. That's about three. So. Yeah. Should be good. Not with me, you'll last a minute and a half. I I can cut just like my internet. I can cut things in half. Well, <laughs> though, no, that's maybe not the right phrase. Yeah, that's not the way. To be, phrasing, yeah. phrasing. I'm gonna um, bomb at you. <laughs> oh jeez. All right. Well, I cut uh, prices tonight too. Like my voice is not the greatest. I went out and uh, I'm a little hungover uh, uh, today, so I kind of have like the deep voice going on. Uh, I haven't like spoken much today. There's a lot of just me sitting in the sitting on the couch watching football, and this is the first time I'm actually speaking today because Allie was out uh, working earlier, so I haven't really conversed with anybody today. So this is what you get. Well, no, you're fine, <laughs> you guys, man. You're fine. Be- between... You guys should have heard me last night. I sounded way worse. Like I sounded like Harvey Fierstein. Like it was really. It was like, and my dad called me at like nine thirty. He's like, "Hey, can you uh, help me?" Uh, I, I was hanging something on the line. Can you, I, it might rain tonight. Can you help me bring it in? I'm like, it's fucking. And I was like, it's fucking nine 30 at night. Are you kidding me? I'm fucking sick, dad. And he's just like, yeah, did I, I called Rico, right? I'm like, yeah, you call Rico the fuck you want. And he's just like, wow, you sound awful. I'm like, then stop calling me motherfucker. You know, why the fuck are you calling me at nine 30 to tell me to do shit when I'm sick? All right, then. Yeah. I, 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 I definitely sounded really bad last night and I was really worried. I was like, oh, I was like, I think I had like three cups of fucking like hot water and honey to really just like combat it. Combat it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the good news is that we were only doing two movies this week and uh, there's, you know, as fun as they are, there's not a lot of depth to these movies, so I can't imagine nah. we're gonna have a super long conversation. So that all that all. Uh, I mean, it'll be a, a, a regular episode, but I don't think it's gonna be you know one of our three hour, four hour marathons that we typically I, sometimes have. 
you know. I got shit to do after this anyway, so it's definitely not going to be four hours. There you go. Um, New what, fucking episode of Dexter's coming out, motherfuckers. That's true. Oh, are you going to be able to see it? I thought you didn't have showtime. Michael and I are going to figure out a fucking way. Trust me. Go. Michael Michael hit me up. He's just like, I am coming over. We are watching fucking Dexter. And I'm like, fuck yes. Oh. My wife just called uh, Comcast like last week, and uh, she just got a showtime for free for about six months. So kudos to her. There you go. So give, nice. Give him a call, Rico. Or get Steph to call. Steph's the better negotiator, I think. Yeah. She doesn't. Well, I don't know. With my voice, do you think I can get more or less if I'm like, hey, so I'm a, I've been with Comcast for over a year. Is there any fucking way I can get I, my goddamn time? I think if you offer them 20 minutes in a in a room, then maybe you know. But uh, uh, I don't. I'd rather fucking like bootlegging <laughs> at that point. <laughs> Uh yeah. So anyway, I uh what we're gonna what we're as you may guess from our uh intros tonight, uh we're going to you know we've we've had a lot of heavy hitters over the last five or six weeks, so we're going kind of light tonight, and uh talking about you know another famous comedy duo, a la Bill and Ted, Jane Bob, Wayne and Garth, Wayne's World, man. Right. Yeah. So, um, do you guys have a preference for either one? Um, like Garth or Wayne or Wayne's World? The movies. I'm sorry. Well, actually, that's my. I was gonna be my follow up question, but I mean, I mean the movies. I gotta go with. uh, Yeah, I gotta go with one. It's the OG. Uh, The second one, from what I remember, you know, I haven't seen it in God knows how long until uh, a couple nights ago. the second one really wasn't that bad. I remember it being worse than. In, in, yeah, than it's, I, I remember, I, what the the interesting about two when I rewatched it was that um, I don't remember the first like twenty minutes like ever seeing it. I'm starting to wonder if I've ever seen the first twenty minutes of that movie because <laughs> I really don't remember anything before they meet Dale Preston at all. Like I I don't remember any parts of any of that. So I, I'm starting to wonder if I've ever seen it. So, um, but to answer your question, Rico, I, I think I got to go with two, but I do think one's the better movie, if that makes sense. But I think the whole throwing the concert thing speaks to me from the whole Wayne stock thing. So that's yeah, probably they, they why really I'm leaning didn't. that way. Yeah. I mean, I, my opinion is I think the first one is funnier and better but the second one is like more of a story on par- well it's on par with the first one like it's not better or worse in my opinion yeah so if someone like yeah says, i like i like two over one my reaction is gonna be i'm not gonna it's not like you know it's not like star wars where i'm like how fucking dare you say that one over this one i it's like oh well it, it's almost virtually the same fucking movie i would argue that one has more iconic scenes than oh two. for sure yeah yeah, yeah 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 there's no question about that i, I it's really not that. a bad sequel it's really not a bad follow-up sequel considering they only had like what like a year to get it done to get it written shot everything i mean it literally came out the following year after one yeah yeah they were they were yeah. pressed for time i'm sure so they they kind of just wrote what they wrote and you know that's what we got but uh I got to give them kudos because they really didn't, you know, recycle a lot of the jokes from one to two. Like it really wasn't 
It was a different movie is what I'm trying to say. But it they, wasn't like they, when you're watching Airplane 1 and Airplane 2. Like, Airplane 2 was the same exact movie as Airplane 1 with the jokes. And uh, it was just kind of like a different storyline. Like, Wayne's World 2. Yeah, they put they peppered in some of the jokes from uh, from the first one, but not not as much as I thought they were going to do. Well, right, because they kept the staples that you would have, like the swing and and yeah. we're not worthy and you know things like that. You know, like the, the 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 things that make Wayne and Garth even going back to SNL before the movies existed, like when it was just a, a sketch on on SNL, a recurring sketch. You know that. Though there were those things that like they I, they had to hold on to, you know, and then and then yet like you said, Mike, they could they could change the the some of the jokes to not make it just the same thing for another hour and a half, or you know, so. And I'm glad they brought like some characters uh, from the first one into the second one, like Ed O'Neill. Yeah, I, was, I, I totally forgot he was in the second one, and I was like, oh, so did he's I. In the- yeah. And I was like, oh, that's great. And I thought he was actually funnier in the second one than he was in the first one. I thought his line or his couple lines that he had in the second one like surpassed uh, the first one by far. I, I, I don't know. I wish they had brought Koharski back, the cop. Like, that's the one yeah. That's the one character that he didn't carry from one to two. So Yeah. Um, but, Rico, what about you? you? So you said one over two. Did I hear you right? Yeah. <clears throat> You did, um, but my opinion is really like I I view them as both just kind of like when I was little, when I was when they were on TV, or like if I had a, if I was at my cousin's and he was watching, he was he it implied that I remember him liking Wayne's World a whole lot more than me when I was little, so I actually could not tell the difference with like between the two of them if they were just playing. I didn't know if it was Wayne's World 2. I didn't know if it was Wayne's World 1 well, until yeah. I actually like finally sat down and watched them, I think, like two or three years ago. Like it was ne- Wayne's World was never really part of my wheelhouse. Like I understood all the references and I understood all the slang, the swing and all that shit. Um, I think out of like a Mike Myers vehicle, I was definitely riding the Austin Powers sure. like, train for sure. way more than Wayne's World. Um, and I honestly think the main reason is because I just didn't like the character Wayne. Hmm. Like my, I was looking at this as like, if I was their age hanging out with them in fucking Aurora, would I want to hang with them? And I'm like, I would rather hang with fucking Garth. Wayne's kind of a dick and he's kind of doesn't, he doesn't learn anything, honestly. Like, I just, I always kind of thought it may just be my opinion of, of Mike Myers, but even back then, I was like, I don't, I don't get why people are loving Wayne. He's just kind of a fucking, he's mean spirited in some ways. Well, to to your first point about not really connecting with you, uh, Mike, and you, you tell me what you think, but I, I think I'm accurate here. That was more, I mean, we came up at the time of Wayne's World. Wayne World, Wayne's World was. You know, like you said, 92, 93, so that's right as we were getting into high school. And, I mean, that that cast of SNL is my cast. Like, that transition yeah. from Dana Carvey into, like, the Adam Sandler. Like, Adam Sandler was already there, but he was he was the also as opposed to, like, cast member. Because, you know, they had that on Saturday Night Live. Like, he had started to make that transition, but we had Phil Hartman and Farley and Spade and... And Norm Macdonald, you know, uh, those those were the those were the the guys that we came up with on Saturday Night Live. Whereas, not that you, I mean, you were around for Rico, but you were way young at that point. But 
Well, I'd like to preface the the fact that your cast of SNL is my cast of SNL. Like, okay. even though I was three, I my mom was like, "It's Saturday Night Live." Like, we would watch Saturday Night Live even when I was like four, five, and six. Fair enough. So, I I I agree that like, I mean, we both did grow up with those that lineup. You guys were a little older to appreciate the jokes, yeah. whereas for me, it was like. I like it when Chris Farley falls down because I'm four or five. Right. You know? Right. He's Where, just a big baby that falls and crashes into shit. I can relate to this. Um, which speaking of Farley, like you that I think that was the one the one issue I had with two. And I know it's dumb and it's not like enough to like ruin anything, but it's the one like thing that like stood out for me is like that doesn't work. Because yeah, to your point, Mike, they brought back a whole bunch of characters, you know, from one to two, and Farley's playing a whole new character in two. Now, the 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 character in one is kind of tertiary at best. He has like that one scene that I guess is kind of pivotal to the story, but he's not like a pivotal character, you know. Um, so but, I, yeah, he I plays a security guard in both, though. Right, but it's not the no. same guy. It's two different people. They ever that's say his name? I mean, it probably is two different people, but I'm wondering if they if they actually say his name in uh, in both uh, movies. No, but they, it, well, they say they, they say his name in the second one. I don't think they ever say a name in the first one. But what's obvious is just the way the character interacts, and the one thing that that Wayne and Garth say after he has his first kind of like overreaction, he's like, "Well, he's getting better." So that implies they've known him for years and years, whereas like that security guard, they didn't know. True, true. Hold on, Rico. I, even though it is established that it is two separate characters, I choose to look at it as the same character. It doesn't it doesn't change my opinion of the film either way or either film either no, way. Yeah. But because it actually like if you hear my argument, it does kind of make sense. Like as a security guard in the first one, he's very kind of following the rules and you know, blah 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 blah. And then it seems like he became a fan of Wayne and Garth after that incident. And then he just abandoned his security job and wanted to just hang with them. He grew out his hair hell long and he became more of a fucking, you know, stoner, you know, whatever, a chucklehead. And then even them saying like, oh, he's getting better. It doesn't have to be years. It could be over the series of months. Or yeah, it's one year from one to two. According to Wayne, he even says it's been a year. So, I mean, right. that I can I can go with that argument. The only counter that I have to that, Rico, and it's not for the sake of arguing, but it's just to, to, to point something out, is that even if he quit the job and became a little more of a, and, and stoner is a strong word because I don't think any of them actually do any drugs that are obvious. They get drunk, but they don't do any drugs anyway. But that's not the point. The point is that that he has that experience as a security guard. So you would have thought he would have been a little more useful at the Wayne Stock thing as a roadie than he was. That's my only kind of counter to it. I'm not saying you're wrong, but. You know, right. that's that's really the only counter I have to that, I think. Yeah, I, I just I mean, the irony is that they actually wanted just to, like, bring back another actor. They wanted to bring Rob Lowe back for the second film, but have him playing a different character. And he nixed it. He said, absolutely not, because it would confuse the audience. Like he, he is, is I got to give credit to Rob Lowe where he was like, our audience is smarter than this. Like, how, like, 
Like, you know. I think people so, would have been fine with it if, if Rob Lowe came back as a different character. I don't think people would have, uh, you know, tossed that aside and be like, oh, I can't watch this movie anymore because. Yeah, I, I, because, yeah, we're not talking like, you know, um, you know, like Lord of the Rings or Star Wars or something like this is like, you know, uh, a quasi stoner comedy. <laughs> so. No, but I, I'm giving like Rob Lowe was overthinking it. I mean, and this movie breaks the fourth wall all the time. So like anything goes with these kinds of movies. So it doesn't matter if Rob Lowe comes back, you know? Yeah, yeah, I I could see that. I and and the thing is, and this is something I I watched the extras for Wayne's World one. I didn't get to do it for two just because I ran out of time. But apparently because of this movie, Mike Myers and Rob Lowe became really tight. Like they're still Mm -hmm. tight to this day, apparently. Yeah, um, he was in uh, Austin Powers with him too. So right, right. Obviously, stayed in touch. And that was one of the things that you know. That's another thing that I noticed is that there's a, it doesn't happen in one, or if it does, I don't remember it. But it does happen in two, and it seems to have become like a running thing for uh, Mike Myers to put into his movies. And I'm not sure I love it, but like there's the sequence when they go to get the permits with with Kevin Pollak, and he's got albino eye. And he he's talking about it, and they they can't not like reference it. Like they keep, and then they they do the same thing with the mole on Fred Savage's character in I think it's Austin Powers two. I could be wrong. Three, it's gold it Okay, I'm not I'm not gonna argue over that because I don't honestly remember which one. But like that seems to be like a thing now that he and like that I don't know. Like I I thought it was I thought it was funnier in Austin Powers than I did in Wayne's World. I got to be honest. And I don't know why, but I did. So I I have an argument for probably why. I think in in Goldmember, it's it's dragged on and on and on. So you get more and more progressively uncomfortable. Right. And which is funnier. The whole like, you know, oh, dot the lowercase J's joke. And I'd give my right eye, you know, those little jokes. It's the whole sequence is really honestly like a minute and a half. If right. That. Right. It's not a Whereas long. The one yeah. gold member is at least three minutes. So you're kind of just like, how far are they going to really push this shit? Um, but Mike Myers has definitely lifted jokes before from his previous films. Like, oh, I fell over. Oh, I fell over again. Like he does that. In, yeah. International Man of Mystery. So, oh right, I mean, right. Even, like even just there's even references leading up to Austin Powers. Like you could tell he had a mindset. He wanted to do a '60s spy comedy where he opens the the door and he sees all, a bunch of like a spy training, and he's like, yeah. "I've always was, just wanted to open a door and see a bunch of spies." You know, clearly he had it in his mind. Mike, what did what did you say a second ago? Because it didn't come through. You were responding oh, to something. That- yeah, yeah, like all the jokes that he carries over through his movies. That's just like, you know, that's just Mike Myers' brand, you know, like that's yeah. him, you know, putting his mark on, you know, on his movie. And you know, it's a Mike Myers movie when you see stuff like that. So mm-hmm. it goes hand in hand with his movies. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm not, I'm not using it to shit on him. I just found it really like, eh, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. So, but I, I thought the lowercase uh, J's joke was way funnier than, you know, the Fred Savage, you know, guacamole joke or whatever. But, <laughs> I do agree with that, actually. Yeah, well, I mean, like, I guess the difference there is that you would you would um, expect, to your point, Rico, about Wayne, I think you expect that more from Wayne than you do from 
Austin to a degree. Austin, I think, uh, comes from a time where, like, because he is literally a man in the wrong decade. Right. I think he's just he's just socially awkward. I mean, let's be honest. Most Mike Myers movies or roles, he is incredibly awkward. He's awkward when he says shit. He's awkward when he's flirting with someone, you know, but he's not as awkward as Garth. Just Garth is, have you guys heard this theory that Garth is actually like autistic? Like he's on the spectrum. It seems like it. He doesn't want to like shake hands with anybody. He doesn't want to like, he doesn't feel comfortable around anybody else besides Wayne and his like real close friends. But yeah, I could totally see that 100%. Apparently, yeah. according to my to uh, uh, Dana Carvey, he's based a little bit on his little brother. Yeah. His older brother. Oh, I thought he said younger, but I might have misheard it. Anyway, oh, um, yeah, a brother, regardless, older, younger is kind of, I guess, a, the irrelevant part. But it's his brother who who's similar in a lot of ways, apparently. So, including the weird sideways overbite, like right. that's based on his brother. To the but, like Dana Carvey has said, I fucking absolutely regret introducing that because every night after filming he would ice his his jaw he would take two bags of ice and hold it up to his face to ice his jaw yeah yeah i've heard him talk about how he he doesn't love doing garth not because he doesn't like the character but because of things like that exactly so but even but all i mean mike myers didn't want dana carvey in the movie like they 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 included it on snl but like mike myers in, in, like did never really wanted to share the spotlight to the point where he initially wrote a draft for Wayne's World 2 where Garth didn't really have a whole lot to do. It was just the Wayne movie and then Garth was off to the side. And Dana Carvey was really fucking pissed and he went back and was like, what the fuck is this? So that's why the whole uh, Miss Hornet segment is is in that was all included and 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 uh filmed to please dana carvey like mike myers just doesn't want to share the spotlight with dana carvey which Speaking is of awkward moments that that scene with with garth and uh and uh kim basinger it was pretty awkward to see her <laughs> acting like that in in that movie i don't know which, but which part because it was a couple scenes the the one when um, she's like trying like she's seducing him. Oh, okay, and, uh, that one. Yeah, she's yeah, yeah. dancing in front yeah. of him. I don't know what it was about that scene, but when I was rewatching it, I was just like, it just seemed awkward, and it kind of seemed um, like forced that scene. Oh, now, absolutely. You know, yeah. Rico was just telling me makes a whole lot of sense now because sure, it seemed forced and it seemed awkward, and uh, I just did. I, that's like the one scene I. I wish I just could have fast forward to because it was just <laughs> I could I just didn't like it. I don't know. It just felt super awkward to me just to see her like acting like that, like to him. Like, I'm sure if Kim Basinger went back and rewatched that, she'd probably be like, this is the worst mistake I ever made <laughs> doing that scene in that movie. But I guess it was just a money grab for them. So because I got a shit ton of uh, celebrities in the second one more they than did. what they had yeah. in the first one. Yeah. She honestly was playing like a Bond girl without Bond being in the movie. Like. The name alone, like Miss Hornet or uh, what? Uh, yeah, Honey Hornet. Honey Hornet. Yeah. Jesus Christ. I mean, I'm with you, Mike. That it was awkward, but there was more forced awkwardness, where she's basically, I don't know how to describe it. She's rubbing her hair in his lap. Right. Yeah. 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 Exactly. I'm just. Oh like, no, no 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 no! You mean in the second scene where she's trying to get him to kill the, the husband? 
Yeah. That's not her hair in his lap. That's her face on his junk. And it Okay, just, yeah. well, but she's shaking her hair in such an exaggerated way. Like, I was trying to give Kim Basinger a pass. But really, it's just an awkward fucking situation. Like, especially if you believe the theory that he is on the spectrum, you can obviously tell he was like, I don't like this. Yeah, well, he's he's had a he has a couple moments like that throughout the series, both films, really. You know, like the crowd surfing scene, and you know the even though you don't see it, but there's the comment about the rope class, the rope in gym class, you know, like stuff like that. And even when he's going down the bat pole in the second one, you know, to the Mirthmobile, like so. Um. Yeah, it's 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 a weird thing, but um, going back to the to the beginning, to the first one, I I I don't know. I just the more we're talking about it, I think I'm actually liking the first one more. <laughs> the more we're talking about the second one, again, Mike, to your point, it's not you know fantastic movie piece of shit. It's not like that, but the more I'm thinking about it, it just it just feels like it fits better on the first one. You know, like. Because yeah, Garth, the first, one you know, better, the first one has better jokes, for sure. And and you know, to your point, Rico, about not wanting uh, Dana Carvey in the film, like Garth, Garth to me kind of makes the, you know what I mean, makes the pairing. Like, and it's yeah. not so much your theory about Wayne being a dick, although I'm not arguing against it per se, but it's more of like it's just a counterbalance, you know. Like, you know, I referenced a couple other, you know, uh, pairings like. Bill and Ted, you know, Ted's really kind of like the airhead, you know, where, and Bill, not that Bill's like Einstein, but like, I mean, like he at least has some initiative to like, all right, well, let's try this or let's do that, you know, and you need that, that pairing. And, you know, even Jane Bob, obviously you got the super silent one and the one that never shuts the fuck up in Jay, you know, so except in Chasing Amy, it's like one of the few times Jay has like the least lines and, right. you know, so you have that counterbalance, and I think you get that with Wayne and Garth, too, whereas, you know, Wayne might be the more robust, boisterous one, but, you know, it's kind of like, um, I feel like, I feel like, it, it, uh, I, I, Rico, I know I reference this all the time, but it, it, it just occurred to me, it kind of feels like the, the way Eddie Pence described us. And sadly, unfortunately, I'm Wayne in this scenario because, like, I'm constantly the one throwing the shit out there and hoping a couple of things stick. And then, you know, Garth just hits with those those haymakers from time to time. Like, you know, and that, and that's, that's, you know, in, in Eddie's analogy, that'd be you, you know. I wouldn't go as far as to – I think we're in our own league compared to Wayne <laughs> and Garth, to be perfectly honest. Okay. Um. I think I think it is probably closer to. I mean, they're also in their own type of league because oh, sure. they're both similar enough, but one is just shy. It's really how it is, right? Um, and and it's just like the 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 characterizations themselves. Like you, I'm I'm happy these movies were made, and and arguably it's one of the most popular of the SNL skits to movies kind of things i mean blues brothers and i mean lauren michaels never had it good at that time to be perfectly honest like with wayne's world and then tommy boy and then it kind of just stopped right there you know it's it's good i'm sorry 
it's good that they kept it's good that they made two movies. I'm glad they made two movies and because then it did lead to Austin Powers, which I'm a bigger fan of. Right. Um right. But but I mean I, I like I, I don't look at I don't revere these movies or even the characters as much as like kids did when I was a kid. Like they were like, Oh, it's Wage World, Wage World I'm like, it's all right. <laughs> like it's just it's fine. It's it, they're fine movies. I think honestly the funniest parts of both movies is the constant fourth wall breaking. That to me are the funniest parts of the whole thing. Okay. But, well, na- na- well, Mike, you said something. I want to hear what you were starting to say. I, I was like, I was like thinking out loud. They're like, <laughs> never okay. mind about it. All right. No worries. Um, did, you know, you, you referencing that Rico, I now want a scene in Deadpool three where Wayne and Garth show up. And the three of them fourth wall break simultaneously, just for like thirty seconds, and then disappear. Like I don't need a whole movie, I, but I absolutely hope they never do that. <laughs> I re- I don't ever want to see Wayne and Garth ever team up again. I do not want to see a Wayne's World three. I don't want them to cameo on some shit. I don't want it because then at that point, it's just fucking sad. Well, if yeah. if, if they're doing the same shit. And if if Wayne is still like being a jealous, bitter fuck over Cassandra, and Garth just still is like, I've got four pubes today. It's just like I, I, it, the jokes are just stale. At that well, point. see, but here's the thing with with Garth, and and I mean, I get the point you're making, so I'm not arguing against that. But I like, I feel like you know, you made the point earlier about how Wayne's just not, you know, very likable for you know multitude of reasons. I feel like right. Garth, the character, over the course of the two films, from the beginning of the first one to the end of the second one, does have a substantial level of growth for him. Maybe not as an overall, but I mean, by the end of it, he's got, you know, like he goes through the whole thing with, with Honey, which we all agree is a little weird and kind of uncomfortable. But the one thing I did like about that sequence or that, that, that part of the story is that it'll set it up for him to be confident enough to end up with the the girl from the permit office, which it's pretty much implied that they they end up together by the end of the second one, you know, and and I mean, as someone who likes Garth, I'm kind of rooting for that. So you know what I mean? Like I I feel like I feel like Garth could could come back and and yeah, he's never going to be like unawkward, but I think he he will have continued to grow. Whereas to your point, I don't know that Wayne would have. You know, so which I don't want to see. I don't. I don't well, want to. I'm not see saying we Wayne's... have to see it, but I'm just trying to. You know, um... yeah. If we're speculating on who grows more, Garth definitely grows more. Wayne. Wayne is constantly just gonna always be Cassandra. It's like, oh, shut the fuck up, I, dude. Like, I definitely don't want Wayne's World three unless they kind of go the Bill and Ted route, where it's like their kids. But even then, I really don't want that. To be very honest with you. But I would not be as against a cameo in the right environment. It doesn't have to be Deadpool. I made that. That was more of a joke earlier. But I wouldn't be against some form of a cameo if they popped up in something in the right environment. Or if they popped up on an SNL episode for one one time. Just like, you know, if, if Mike Myers was hosting or Dana was well, hosting. No, but I mean, they again. Like, right? What's that? They did Super Bowl commercials, either last right. year or two years ago. That's right. 
So. That's right. They did. I forgot about that, but now that you mention it. Yeah. So, I mean, like, I'm not, I wouldn't be against seeing them again from time to time, but not as an overall whole, like to a movie, like you said, Rick. I, I agree with you there. I don't need nor really want Wayne's World 3 at this point. If they'd made it back in, like, 95 or 97, maybe. You know, but I'm opposed for them making a number of uh, Wayne's World three. I would definitely watch it, and I think no. I'm I'm more on board to what you said, where it could be like uh, where they have like their kids instead of them being the center of the movie. It'll be about their kids more. I wouldn't mind seeing that movie. Well, let me clarify this: I would rather see a Wayne's World three as opposed to a remake reboot. You know what I'm saying? Oh, like, for I don't sure. Want, yeah. Like, I don't need a Disney Plus fucking version of, of Wayne's World where it's like, it's just not as funny. Like, I, I mean, I'm, I'm a firm believer. I'm like, if you're going to fucking make a movie based on this content, I'd rather it be a sequel as opposed to a remake or a reboot. No, I, you know? I, I don't. I think I think we all agree on that. You definitely don't want a reboot remake of this. You can't. There are certain characters you can't recast. And I think, you know, and, and some are are really important in, 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 in the sense of, like, movies that we that are not comedies that we care a lot about. Like, you can't recast Luke Skywalker in a in a continuation. No, no, because I know you're going to go the Sebastian Stan thing. I can see that all over your face. I'm saying you can do it for, like, Boba Fett or Mandalorian, but you can't do it for, like, if for some reason he's going to show up in, like, another... If there's going to be in another saga series, like, another... You can't a sequel, right? You can't do episode eleven or episode ten, and have a different Luke Skywalker as a Force ghost than Mark Hamill. You can't do it, right? Right. At this point, Luke Skywalker is not Dumbledore. You you stick with who the fuck he got. I and in the same vein, I don't I don't think you can have uh someone other than RDJ play Tony Stark. Like you 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 don't have Tony come back and it be. Again, in a in a modern day later world, if you're doing a flashback, like if they went back and did Captain America somehow, and Tony was there, I mean that's too far back. But you get the point that I'm making. Like if you're doing that flashback thing, Captain maybe. Marvel. Okay, yeah, Captain Marvel. Like there, I'm I'm willing to be a little flexible, but you can't do like the next Avengers film or the next thing in the in fate. Was it Phase Five of the MC MCU we're in? I think you know you can't do that with a different character calling himself Tony Stark. You, you, right, you know, and I think the same thing applies here where these characters aren't as pivotal to, like, these these franchises that we love. Wayne and Garth, in their own right, are iconic, you know, at least to a generation. Maybe not forever, but to a, to a generation and certainly three people sitting in this room and many people that are of our generations are no Wayne and Garth as Mike Myers and Dana Carvey. You just can't do it. You know, right. you know, you could have, I, I think the only way you have Wayne and Garth and I'm stretching, but hear me out. The only way you can have a Wayne and Garth in a Wayne's world three, where it's, it's the kid, like the, like the kids thing that Mike was talking about is if Garth has a kid, a boy and names him Wayne and Wayne has a kid who has a boy and names him Garth because they're not creative enough to come up with other names. And so there used to have Wayne and Garth. 
Well, no, but that, I could see that totally being the bit. And then, so you still get Wayne and Garth, but now Wayne is more like Garth, and Garth is more like Wayne. You know what I mean? And that's the only way you do it where it kind of works. I, I'm, a, I'm okay with that on the on the inclusion that you make both actors play, both new Wayne and Garth play by Rob Lowe. That's how you really fucking, that's how you get all meta and fucking weird. Like, we're just going to change the fucking names. The costumes are the same. It's the kids of Wayne and Garth, but they're both played by Rob Lowe. Okay, no. I, I um, see, no, I can no. see Mike Myers in writing uh, Wayne's World 3, making it so that Wayne's child is named Wayne and Garth's child is also named Wayne. Uh, yeah, Garth, yeah. Garth Wayne, Wayne, Wayne and Wayne. Yeah. yeah. Make yeah. it Wayne. So it's Wayne's world. Wayne's is world. Wayne's is world. Um, I don't. But let's let us let us talk. <laughs> you just, just almost killed him there. Um, uh, so if let, it would, let, if the Disney Channel bought it, it would they would make a spinoff called Wayne Meets World. This is really what they would do. Speaking of, re- you mentioned remakes, Rico. I gotta I gotta tell you very ten seconds because it's something we've talked about on the show. If you remember. Uh, when I was out visiting you, and then for a little while after, I was watching, I was rewatching Head of the Class from the eighties. I yeah. mentioned it, and they just announced they just released a reboot on HBO Max, like a modern day Head of the Class. It's not a reboot; it's more like a like a continuation, or like like they did with Say by the Bell, but but sure. only with this and. Uh yeah, so I don't know. How, I haven't watched it yet. I haven't brought myself to do it. I'm a little, I'm a little hesitant. But uh, yeah. Fair enough. Uh, anyway, let let's go back to let's let's get back to one for a minute though, because the more we're again, the more we're talking about it, the more I'm thinking one is the the superior film. I I think it's fair to say, like if someone has a preference over one over sure. two or two over one, but I think we can kind of all be in agreement that one is just a more iconic. I mean, the fact that they they had the opening scene with Bohemian Rhapsody yeah. is pretty fucking memorable. And it almost wasn't that. It yeah. was originally supposed to be like an ACDC. Guns N' Roses. It was Guns N' Roses? Okay. Guns N' Roses. But Myers said, like, if you do not have Bohemian Rhapsody, I will walk. Like, he threatened to leave. Although, Mike Myers threatened to leave production and he fought with production a lot during this first movie well i could see that he's a total get 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 along either he blocked her from the second one he flat out said she she, uh, penelope spheris oh the director you you broke you broke up for a second rico so we didn't hear you sorry yeah he he banned her from directing the second film he blocked which is a shame because i thought she did a badass job with the first one honestly like i thought she was pretty good so i agree she did a um, great job. Couple couple things about that scene though, Rico. I'm glad you I'm glad you brought it up, the Bohemian Rhapsody scene. Besides what you mentioned about it, it's not supposed to be Queen initially, but like so um the first thing is apparently that you know, we go back to the popularity of the film and, and Mike, I think you you and I can speak to this a little bit more than Rico. Not this is not a shot at you, Rico, but I think this is just a product of the age difference. You know, even though it was a couple years after the film that by the time any of us or our friends had cars, Mike, we were all, at least I, my friends and I, we were always doing that Queens, like we would end up replicating that scene 
and mm-hmm. and doing it like all the time, like you know, a bunch of us driving yeah. around, and even if it wasn't a Queen song, you still pulled the Wayne's World move, you know. So, still to this day, I head bang my head when that. Oh, so do I. But like, yeah. I'm just yeah, but yeah, I'm with you. I'm gonna add going back to the Jersey trip because I was there the night before you guys showed up. Sure. I was I was there a preview uh, the night before. And we, meaning whoever else was there, Smoke and and by Coastal Biatches and 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 uh, Jamie and, and Seaman Todd. and I, Zed hmm? Zed Todd was there. I think Mexican. I think they were both there too. I don't remember. According to Honestly. according to the episode on BFITW, they were. So I'm just going okay. off that. So we were all kind of drinking, and we went to fucking Outback or something. Oh, or I know the story you're gonna tell. I heard this, but yeah, tell it to the audience. So there was, we went to like Outback Steakhouse or, or something. Applebee's. I don't remember which one it was. Applebee's, thank you. Yep. I don't ever go to Applebee's. So when it's like I do, I'm like, I don't know where the fuck I went, but there was booze and kind of okay food. Where, where, where <laughs> at Applebee's? Yay, Applebee's. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> I'm not, I'm, it, 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 Applebee's is the Delaware of fucking restaurants. <laughs> go ahead. Anyways, my apologies to Delaware. Um, yeah, especially considering I'm 40 minutes away from it. <laughs> or Mike look, and I, I both like are. Delaware gave us Joe Biden. I'm I'm, I'm happy. There you, you go. Know? Um, <clears throat> but there was, I'd never seen this before. There was a fucking band. And it was these two guys playing piano in like an outside venue area that we were all sitting at. And we were able to request songs and it was the it was a dueling piano with mike and, and everything and and you would request a song by like going on their venmo and like tipping them five bucks and saying please play this and motherfucker they did like they did a sonata they did two or three sinatra songs when i only asked for one but at one point i don't know if it was from our table but someone requested Bohemian Rhapsody. It was our. Ta- you, it was your table. From it was our table. It was, I think it was Jamie. I think Jamie requested it. Smoke. Actually. Smoked it. Smoke. Okay. So we are all rocking the fuck out, kind of drunk, and of varying ages. And it doesn't matter who was oldest and who was youngest. We were all doing the, head- the fucking nice. Wayne's World headbang. But I noticed I was the only one. Who did the fucking drum like Yeah. I was the only one who did that. I had such a fucking like feeling of crestfallenness with my group. I'm like, we were all together. Why did you not join me on the drum solo? What the hell? Well, but, I think I think only Wayne does it in the scene anyway, so I think you're good. But to me, it's just as iconic as the headbanging is the random bing with the fucking drum kit. You know, where you hit that one note off to like the right side. It's just, I don't know. I, like, I, I was, I was very proud of our group, and I was very displeased with our group for about four seconds. <laughs> and then I got, and then I drank some more, and I got over it. Mike, well, did you fold your, did you fold your arms when the Mamma Mia part came up? No. Oh, Mamma Mia, Mamma Mia. <laughs> that whole, that the whole mannerisms that Mike Myers does throughout that whole song, I. I I copy every time that song comes on. So, so you know, I'm a mama mia. I do that, and then the drum uh, solo at the end. Same thing, man. So, a couple I'm interesting with, pieces no. of knowledge, and this isn't even from the trivia on IMDb, uh, Rico. I, like I said, I got to watch the extras, which 
the behind the scenes thing is called extreme close up surprise and the, it it was like a 20 minute documentary of making the film but i was watching that and uh, the first off apparently production got held by like half a day because all five of those guys, they had to do that take, they had to do that scene so many times that they all fucked their necks up for like a half a day from Correct. trying to get it right. Um, and then the other thing that was really interesting, and, and they said Penelope, Penelope is the director's name, right? That's that's her name. I don't have it in front of me. Penelope's um, I believe. I think you're right, yeah. Um, he he She was talking about... Um, she had told the five guys, you know, learn to, you know, they all knew the song. They weren't like completely unaware of the song, but they didn't know all the words. So make sure you know the words. And apparently Dana Carvey didn't get them all learned in time. So when there's that sequence where it close up on him and he's got the, he's miming it wrong. It's because he actually didn't know the words at that moment for that part of the song. And she thought it was a funnier bit. That wait or that Garth would be fucking it up as opposed to getting it right, and so they kept that that take for the for the film. And I actually I have to agree with her. I think it actually plays better with Garth getting it wrong. But Dana was Carvey was upset about that. Oh, I know. Yeah, Sorry. no, yeah. They they interviewed Dana about it a little bit too, and yeah, it said that. What were you saying, Mike? I was saying she does that again later when Wayne and Garth are on the hood of the car and they're watching the airplane, you know, pass over. Yeah. Garth asked him, like, you know, did you ever think Bugs Bunny was attractive when he was a girl, Bugs Bunny? And Mike Myers just completely loses it. She, uh, That cut was from something else that Dana Carvey had previously said, and she yeah. actually put that in, 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 in the uh, the movie instead. Yeah, I was, um, I was actually, I'm glad you brought that up because I was going to bring it up. Yes, that's, that's definitely – and I think that was a good play on her part too to get that natural reaction from, from – because apparently, like Mike Myers wasn't expecting whatever Dana said to to cause that, and then sort of that wasn't acting. That was like he actually just kind of lost it for a second there and found it that funny. So, that and just was, to go back on something you said earlier, CJ, like yeah. you know, we were talking about these are party guys, and like uh, Rico had said, like you know, stoner uh, kind of guys, and you said that they might not smoke pot or anything like that. I was wondering that when they are at that uh that scene in the movie when they're in the uh on the hood of their car watching the airplanes i think they're high at that part of the movie you think so i think so because they're All sitting right. there looking up at skies they're having like a stoner kind of con- uh, conversation and in my mind just re-watching it i was like i think they just got stoned and now this is them after they just extinguish their joint or bowl or bong whatever have you and uh they're having their little conversation I would agree, especially to fill in the whole thing of how Garth is whistling the Star Trek theme, staring at the stars is a total stoner thing to do. Mm -hmm. Like, like I've, I have not done that specifically, but I have done, I have been very drunk at my farm looking up at the fucking sky, like laying on my back, like two, like when, when you start to get the spins and you're like, I got to lay the fuck down. Like, you know, like I got to grab the ground to hold on. Is that kind of like spin that you get? And I remember looking up and it was the, my farm is no fucking city in sight. There's no buildings in sight. So it's just sky and stars and, and moon and shit. And I remember 
I started whistling the fucking Star Wars theme. And it was it was more of like, I'm getting sick. I need to focus on something. And I remember my dad came out. He's like, what are you doing? I'm just like, you know, I was doing like the Imperial March because I was on a whole fucking like Star Wars rant on, on whistling rant. And my dad's like, are you whistling Star Wars looking at the stars? And then I looked over at him and the projectile vomited. So like, I was like, it didn't work. I, I, I started out doing the theme and it became the Imperial March. See, so you didn't spew. You hawked. Oh, I, I fucking, what, what was, it wasn't spew. There was a, Pearl. a, a honked. Is that what Pearl. it was? Pearl. Honked. I think it's hawked. Hurl. Honked. Well, there's hurl. Yeah. Hurl, yeah. spew. But they I say honk. Like, no, no, it's not hawk. It's H-O-N-K. Honk. Oh, re- uh, honked. Honk, think... honk. Like honking your horn. Honked. Right, right, right. I, I don't remember that line, but, um. Well, I watch everything with subtitles. I can, I, unless the subtitles get it wrong, which, I mean, let's let's face it, this is a movie which has Cantonese subtitles, you know, and everything. Yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah. Um, by the way, I really want there to be a movie where a character is like learning Cantonese to impress his fucking Chinese girlfriend, and then she says, "I don't speak Cantonese. I only speak Mandarin," and just have that be like a fucking joke. Just be like, "I don't." I don't know what the fuck you're saying. I speak Mandarin. It's like, the, oh shit! I just the, spent three months learning Cantonese. The irony <laughs> there no is he. Reason. The irony there is he Carrera does not speak Cantonese and had to learn the line. Had to learn the Cantonese for her character's lines. True. But uh, you know, to, to your point about the plane scene, though, I I didn't think it was about staring at the stars. Honestly, I I I took it as waiting for the plane. Like they they get. For lack of a better phrase, and it's not a great descriptor, but they they get off off that moment the plane flies over, not the staring at the stars bit. That was just that's that's the foreplay, if you will. <laughs> I yeah. I think it's both. I, I I think the I think it's both. I I agree with both of you. Also, that was a model. That was like a four foot model. Well, sure. Which I find right. pretty interesting because you just imagine they just like built a fucking thing and they just like someone grabbed a wing the other one grabbed a wing and they just like walked over them over the camera and in sound effects and maybe a fan to blow in their face it's only a model it's um, only a model <laughs> uh, but uh, <laughs> I, I realized on this watching believe it or not that I was wrong about Men in Black 2 thinking that it was the first time I'd ever seen Larry Flynn Boyle on something <laughs> okay. Because I never put together that she was Stacy. It doesn't. It doesn't look like her. No, it doesn't. Well, I'm used to her with dark hair, and she's got like red curly hair in this thing. So she has an amazing rack, gun rack. That is. Uh... Do you know that's based on a true incident? Yes, I did know that actually. Mike, but tell the audience. Yeah. I did. Yeah. Yeah. Let's let's talk about that for just one fucking second. Someone want Mike Myers had a girlfriend and she thought, oh, I'm going to get him this gift because of the absurdity of it. And he actually was like, this is so not funny. This is really scary. Broke up with her, never spoke to her again, wrote that character. And then she saw it and then was really fucking hurt. And then I guess Mike Myers got wind of it. And like he had to call her up and apologize. Tried to flirt her some money too. Pain and suffering. Yeah, I mean like 
here you go. Also, for for Mike Myers playing an American, he comes off so Canadian in this movie. It is it is the most Canadian American I've ever seen in a film. I think they wanted to uh, film it in Canada uh, originally, but instead what I understand in the states. What I understand was that he just liked the name Aurora, and he also he I guess the the uh, the people and and the the neighborhoods reminded him of like Scarborough in Ontario. So yeah, I guess he was just like, well, this is the Canada of the Midwest, so to speak. Aurora's a fictitious uh, town, right? It's not. That's not real. And no, I it think is. it's real. No, it's real. It? Yeah, it's real. Okay. Aurora, uh, Illinois. Yeah. I I, and I know this because I know someone that lived in Waukegan and asked them that years ago. But I also just out of curiosity when they went to Milwaukee for the Alice Cooper concert, I I did a Google map to see how long that drive was because I was curious. Um, mm-hmm. And it's a two and a half hour. It's about a two hour drive from from Aurora to Milwaukee. You, you mean uh, you mean Milwaukee? Uh, you Milwaukee. beat me to it. Yeah, Milwaukee. Yeah, we were all gonna th- say the same thing. Yeah, I yeah. still call it Milwaukee. I do. I do. I have. Yes, I have. But for the purposes of their audience, I was trying to to be more proper. I, I fucking love that Alice Cooper is in this movie. Like, I fucking love it. I've, I've always been a big Alice Cooper fan. Um, I, I remember reading, like, trivia about this, and originally, um, it, he, uh, uh, Mike Myers originally wanted Alice Cooper to sing I'm 18 and School's Out, which are two of my all-time favorite Alice Cooper songs. Sure. Like, when I... 18 i was strutting to fucking i'm 18 for like 10 years <laughs> every every birthday i would fucking play that song even though i was like well past 18 um but to change it to feed my frankenstein is just a great uh physical media like iconic piece like the whole scene is great the song is great um i'm glad they didn't do something like poison i like poison but poison is just a little overdone yeah in my opinion in the same sense that school's out is overdone, but school's out is everyone has a good time singing school's out because like, yeah, fuck education. The, the <laughs> thing that cracks me about feed my Frankenstein and I am as guilty of this as anybody. So I'm not, this is not the pot calling the kettle black, but like, uh, it's used a lot at Halloween for Halloween stuff. And if you really listen to the lyrics, it has nothing to do with, Frankenstein the monster. It's it's a it's a euphemism, if anything. Yeah, it's, you know. So, it's, yeah. it's let's fuck. Yeah, basically, you know. <laughs> but, but let's be honest. I would I would be really challenged to find a rock song that's really not about fucking. No, but there are songs that are really about like you know like creatures or or monsters. You know what I mean? Like the, the, those things exist, and and this hides behind that in its in in the euphemisms and metaphors that it uses but you know um sure it just i'm not finding fault with it i love the song i think it's a great song but it just just cracks me up and I, but i'm like i said i'm guilty of it too because i use it on my radio show for you know so <laughs> cloud is powering tomorrow's transformative missions federal agencies are partnering with saic to help them meet these critical moments where bold moves require confident blueprints where you can accelerate transformation through consistency, where you can innovate forward and never look back. SAIC quickly and securely migrates large-scale workloads to the cloud, 
with the confidence you need to assure your mission. Learn more at saic.com slash cloud. I wanted to uh, talk about Bohemian Rhapsody for one second. Sure. I'm, Mike, I'm assuming you've seen the movie Bohemian oh, Rhapsody. Oh, dear God. Uh-huh. Here we go. I mean... My point, no, I'm not going to bitch about it. I'm not, I'm not going to do my little Bohemian Rhapsody, the movie rant. I've said it before. I still am entertained by the movie. I just, there are parts of it where I'm like, this, this, whatever, this is what it is. Like, I think the live aid performance is, is brilliant. How they recaptured it literally beat by beat, shot movement shot. by movement, yeah. shot for shot. Uh, what I was going to say was the opening scene of, of Wade's world with the Bohemian Rhapsody is so iconic that they included a whole reference to it in the yeah. movie Bohemian yeah. Rhapsody, where a fucking record producer played by Mike Myers said, This is Bohemian Rhapsody is not a song that kids will fucking bang their heads to. Like, it's so fucking iconic that even like me, where I'm like, Well, that. That record producer does not exist. This whole conversation did never fucking happen. But yeah, that's fucking awesome. I see what they did there. Like, I can appreciate a good fucking meta joke. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we all know that part never happened. But it is it is pretty neat that the, you said that the scene is iconic. And it's been it's been replicated multiple times, I think, and not necessarily always to Bohemian Rhapsody, but you'll have a car scene with the five people, four or five people in it headbanging to some song, but the camera angle is meant to mimic or homage that scene from Wayne's World. You know, like, it is it is definitively um, set there. And, and listen... Even though with with, with Wayne's World 2, you get the Wayne Stock concert, and that's kind of like the primary focus of the film, or at least the maybe the secondary focus. I'm not sure if you would say the the thing with Tia is the primary, but in in the first one, the music is throughout the thing is very much a, a primary part of this. I mean, and even just the, the homages to music, like the fact that the bouncer at Gasworks is Meatloaf. Mm-hmm. You know? And, like, they're going through the list of bands that are playing, and I don't remember them all, but, like, one of them is, like, the shitty Beatles, and Garth is like, how are they? And he goes, they suck. You know? And then the, the joke is, well, then it's not just a clever name. You know what I mean? And they go on with right. it. You know, like... The music constantly plays a role through. I give Tia Carrera huge props for singing everything in that movie. She doesn't play any bass, which is pretty obvious if you watch her fingers, but she does do all the vocals on all of it. So I, I was getting a little tired of her wailing of her. Of but her that's what they were going for with the the, the band. That right. Was the, the, yeah. it, it's it's not my particular for like you know preference of a of a singer period. I don't really like it, it. You know, when I, when I'm listening to someone, I don't want them to sound like a cat in heat. Well, it's not something. Sinatra. So, you know, it's not Sinatra. It's not even Alice Cooper. <laughs> like I can acknowledge that she, you have to at least agree with me. She did not have this, the, the vocal talents, like even Alice Cooper. Um, but, if you go back and listen to why you want to break my heart, she sings that, and that is really well done. And there's not any wailing on. That's a great song. Like I really like that version. And her version of Ballroom Blitz, even though it has that part that you're not liking it, is really fucking good. It's a good cover. I acknowledge it's a good cover. So, 
Um, I actually found the soundtrack when it was out. I had the cassette so tape. I I didn't have the cassette. I got the CD. But but and and Rico, you you might appreciate this. I'm not sure, but I Mike, I know you will. I got it fucking from Columbia House where you sent the penny in and you got the six free CDs and then you were supposed to buy another like 12 and I never yep. bought the additional 12 you just got your six free CDs you know yep. um, I, that that that's how I got the Wayne's World soundtrack I got that from from that whole thing so it's a good score you know, man yeah man you know what I, you know what I would have liked for for Wayne's World too what's that I would have liked them to actually have more than just Aerosmith for the band. I would have liked that too. I can't argue with you. I would have liked maybe one more. It didn't have to be a bunch, but another band of the ones they mentioned. Because I think they said Pearl Jam. Pearl Jam would have probably done it. You know what I mean? They were they were not big enough at the time to be able to be like, no, we're too big for this. Like They were still coming into their own at that Van point. Halen? They invited Van Halen? Yeah, but I could see, especially with Eddie... Like everyone, everyone, because Eddie passed away last year, and and listen, he's a phenomenal guitar player. No one's arguing that. I'm not. I'm not disputing that. But everyone like re- reveals Eddie and that band, especially now that he's gone. Eddie and his brother Alex are notoriously hard to work with. You know, I a la Mike Myers. You know, and so. I could totally see them being approached to be in Waynesville and them going, we're too good for that. But see, right. I could see you going to Eddie Veteran Company and going, hey, you guys want to do this? And Eddie and them would have been like, yeah, let's go. You know what I mean? Like that, I totally could have bought them doing that. So Nirvana almost did it. I would have been down with that. Yeah. That would have been- I'm, just, I'm just saying, like, the fact they're calling it Wayne stock and then all, it's basically they threw – and uh, a fucking Aerosmith concert is really what the, what it is. Like, I think I spent too much time on this. Like, the more I think about it, the more I talk about it, I think, honestly, I I think two is the weaker of the two. And because... Well, yeah, it's not... Uh, Mike, you weren't saying it's, like, equal. I think you were... Well, did you say that? You might have said equal, but I, I think they're, I, they're slightly off. Yeah. I just said it was it was a good follow-up sequel to, to the movie. Um but yeah, I, I mean, I agree. What was I about to fucking say? <laughs> well, I mean, like, even look, the fact that Christopher Walken and fucking Cassandra are like gonna marry after knowing each other like two weeks, even with like both Wayne's World, where like they break the fourth wall and they don't really take themselves seriously, that was absolutely pushing the, the believability. To the absolute thinnest, in well, my opinion. No, I, I, I think they knew each other longer than two weeks, honestly. I really do. I, I don't think it was an ex- like, I I would safely say it was three to six months. I would. But that's still a lot. That's still not long enough to get married either. Listen, I know people that got married after like 10 dates and they've been married 50 years. So, I mean, it happens, oh, but. That's, that's okay, but I'm just saying it. it Plus, it was an arranged marriage. I mean, if you really think about it, the way this script plays out, it was an arranged marriage between Jeff and and uh, uh, Bobby. And I'm just saying, with the character development they had for Cassandra, based on the first film, where she takes no shit from anybody and she stands up for herself, I, I, I don't think she would have really been going along with a fucking arranged marriage. No, she definitely takes she... a step back from one to two. Yeah. There's no question yeah. there. Yeah. Um, and I and I what I want to stress when I say that is I do not blame 
Tia Carrere's performance for that step no. back. That is one hundred percent the script, not not the performance. She she still did an amazing job. The only thing that I didn't like, and I don't think there's anything anyone can do about it, but she looks. It's still obviously Tia Carrere, but I don't know if. I don't know if she had work done or something, but she looks very different from one to two to me. Like, very different. I didn't notice anything. Yeah, maybe it's me. I also watched them both in the last, like, 12 hours, so that might have something to do with it. I don't know. but um, So did I, but I didn't notice anything. And I'm not, I'm not, it's not necessarily a negative as much as just something I noticed, you know, but... um, Wait, when, when, speaking of the wedding scene in, in two... When Wayne goes to get her, he's driving from Illinois to L.A. and back, correct? Yeah, well, I mean, you know, it's hard to say, and I'll tell you why. Because they never say it, but he does pass a sign that says Santa Barbara 20 miles. So, yeah. yeah. The whole thing is, yeah, the whole thing is Cassandra goes with Christopher Walken's character to to L.A. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm watching the movie, and I'm like, okay, is he driving to L.A.? Yeah. Well, he and was back? I, believe... I mean, it's asinine. Obviously, the this, this script of the second one is just Well, and I mean, horrible. but it also makes sense that it would be that insane with it being a Wayne's World. I mean, I get it. I mean, and I think he was driving a Ferrari. I think that red car is a Ferrari, like an old, like, 63 Ferrari. I so, don't think like, it was fucking... I don't think you can get from Illinois to California even in a Ferrari with us. No, but day. you are you certainly aren't doing it in a seventy one AM AMC Pacer either. True, <laughs> like, but that, that's definitively like, not happening. You know, I, I mean, I definitely understand that we are we are putting too much logic in. I mean, each movie has multiple endings, and honestly. If I had to criticize both films for for one like very specific thing, I think both endings, like the true endings for both films, are really weak. I, I they feel abrupt, they feel weak, and and you find yourself in like, I want a little bit more. Like just give me a little ten ten more minutes. Like you know just ten more minutes of, of a good ending. It just everything just felt rushed. Honestly, it was like Mike Myers or whoever else you co-wrote with was like. How the fuck do we end this thing? All right, fuck it. And they lived happily ever after. And you're just like, what? Yeah, I think they just ran out of time the night before. And they're like, this is what we got. Just end it here. He gets Cassandra. They go back to Waynestock and end the movie. And then, right. Aerosmith, and then Aerosmith comes out and plays us out. Which actually, you know what? Think, <laughs> the more I think about it, I think Wayne's World 2 was just like a big Aerosmith promotion for their new album that came out that year. I wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't disagree. Get a Grip came out that year. I do remember that. So, yeah, that's possible. Look, I'm, I'm, I'm glad they fucking sang um, Do Looks Like a Lady. Like, I, I have a fondness for that song based on the how much I watched Mrs. Doubtfire. Well, that song was fucking... The interesting yeah. thing about that is that, that sequence isn't even wasn't even shot for the movie. That was live. But Right, but it was video footage shot from one of their concert dates. It wasn't... Mm. It wasn't something like where they set up production and Aerosmith got on stage and performed. I just read it. Well, I also read that that Mike Myers and Dana Carvey were there to film their reactions. Well, that's possible, but it wasn't. But it wasn't like like Aerosmith was. That was a real Aerosmith concert. That wasn't get you know fifty extras in the same room and and right. Aerosmith go up there and play for 
for the purpose of the film, you know, like right. that was a real because and you know that if you pay if you really pay attention because I caught this but I didn't put much stock in it nor did it really bother me. They skip a beat, they miss a beat because it it's like it sounded like there was the live version when they were on camera, and then when they pan off it, it was audio pumped into like it was music overlaid on the video footage. Mm. Like there's it's a tone. Play at Wayne Stock or the, the the beginning of the movie. The beginning, the beginning. Okay. When they're doing when they're doing, dude looks like a lady. There's a tone change. It's not even a skip. It's a tone change. You can tell mm. the live tone versus the studio tone. It, it it changes. They 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 played the the version off Permanent Vacation when it wasn't focusing on Aerosmith. When it was right. just Wayne and them in the crowd, I guess the audio was bad, so they overdubbed it with the studio version. You can hear the difference. Um. I was trying to find something here that I was looking at, but I can't find it now. Anyway, um, I listen. It 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 was definitely it, the first one. I I liked I liked bringing back their two buddies from this first one mm-hmm. into the second one. Um, the two guys that, that helped them like every night shoot or every week shoot the thing shoot the show. Uh, Lee Tarjinson is the one actor's name. I know that. Because I've seen him in a bunch of stuff since then, uh, most notably probably Oz. But I've seen him in other yep. stuff. Um, i I love the I love the throwback to Field of Dreams with if you book them, they will come. But it's kind of also like a well, duh. Because if you're a promoter and you book them, yeah, they'll come. <laughs> They're gonna like, come. Yeah, it, yeah. It's not. <laughs> It's very different than if you build it, they will come. He will come. Like it's very, you know, I, you know, and like I, Wayne's I like, agree. I, I almost would have liked it if Jim had turned it. Like when one, like the, one of the last times they meet up with Jim Morrison, he goes, you know, but none of the bands have come, and and the one version he's like, well, they're not going to come, you know, and he's like, I, I would have liked it if he had said something like, well, you didn't book them. Because you, you never, like, the one time he tries to book, I think it's Aerosmith, he sits on hold and never gets to anybody to actually right. book them. And they had enough trouble raising $5,000 for the permit. How are they going to pay these bands? You know, like, yeah, I, like Woodstock, they, those, a lot of those artists did do for free. But Woodstock was a very different thing than Wayne Stock. Like, let's be yeah. real about it. So. it it's, yeah, I agree. It, it, Again, the, you know, the Wayne second w- fire festival of the nineties, <laughs> right? <laughs> the Wayne's World Two is is more rampant of throwing logic out your brain in order to enjoy the film. And sometimes I can enjoy that, sometimes I can't. But like, like I, I don't know. I like I said, when when they are being absolutely fucking ridiculous and breaking the fourth wall and, and shit like that, enjoyable. But when they're trying to play a straight movie with some comedy, they lose me because it, it, it fucks with my, it doesn't make sense, but mm-hmm. well, they're not trying to make sense, but in this scene, they're trying to make sense. And the next scene they're they just don't care. And it's like, God damn it. Like just fucking it, it's like, I, I honestly, like I said at the beginning of this, I don't, I don't have a big reverence to these films. Like, and I think it's because I took them way too seriously. I think, I, I think they were, Despite the fact that I saw the SNL bits when I was a kid, I I just 
I don't know. I would have much preferred another Chris Farley, Adam uh, David Spade team up. You know, I'd rather see that. David Spade? You mean Dana Carvey? No, I said Chris Farley and oh, and oh, oh I, th- I misheard you. My fault. Um, but I will throw this little question trivia at at, at CJ specifically because I want his reaction. CJ, who's the killer of Halloween? Oh Jesus, uh, my- Michael Myers, because you always yell at okay. me for this. Yeah, right. Do you know what Dana Carvey's first movie was? Is it Halloween? <laughs> It's Halloween too. Oh, okay. That's funny. Yeah. Isn't that funny? Like <laughs> Well, and on top of that, you know, he's not the killer, but didn't Michael Mike Myers play a, a it's a comedy, but it's about a serial killer comedy and so I married an axe murder. Isn't he in that movie? He's in that movie. Yeah. It's not it's his girlfriend is the Well killer, that's what I'm saying, yeah. But that's it's still that serial killer Michael Myers connection thing is what I was going. Well, yeah. there's the other one, which is that Donald Pleasance is in the Halloween films as Dr. Loomis, the guy who it was Michael Myers' doctor. Yes, I remember that. He, he played the Bond villain uh, that Dr. Evil is based on. Oh, there you go. Well, so it's Donald Pleasance and a Mike Myers with a Dr. Evil and a Mike Myers. Like, is is Honestly, they're really just need. They just need to put fucking Mike Myers in a Halloween film and just say fuck it, because they even made a joke about it in like Rob Zombie's Halloween Two, where it was Doctor Loomis played by Malcolm McDowell with Weird Al Yankovic, and they're being interviewed on like Leno or something, and he's talking about like, oh, the the, the evil of Michael Myers is this, and Weird Al is just like, wait, are you talking? Are you talking about Mike Myers, the actor from Austin Powers, like? looks at him like so in that world they both exist I, right it's right. really mind fuckery um that's that's kind of interesting um i got a couple of scenes i want to ask you both about just your opinions of whether you liked them or not or what you what you thought of them that kind of stuff um uh I, but i lost my i lost my spot um shit well, all right. I was going to do them in a specific order. I'm just going to do them out of order now. So this one's more... Mike, I, I would definitely want your input, but Rico, this one leans definitely more towards you. From the second one, when they're in the desert and Sammy Davis shows up, well, I was wondering what you thought of Tim Meadows as Sammy Davis Jr. and the fact that Mike Meyer, or that Wayne calls him Mr. Jr. <laughs> I, I, I have to admit, I chuckled. Um... I, I think uh, Tim Meadows definitely does a great Sam Davis Jr. I would also like to add in my research of trivia about Wayne's World that the weird thing was that Jim Morrison and Sam Davis Jr. both shared a birthday. Ooh, I okay. did not know that. Yeah, I didn't know so that either. It's just kind of interesting how they would both be in like an afterlife just hanging out and just Imagine, like, hey, man, like, I didn't know you were born on January 8th or whatever the fuck their birthday is. <laughs> I thought you actually were saying it. No one would have known better if you hadn't corrected yourself there. I don't know. I don't know. The trivia pool. I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't know that uh, either. Um, what did you guys think? I, one of my favorite scenes in the first one, and I know, I know it's shameless stuff, but... Uh, the whole sequence where they talk about not wanting to sell out, and it's literally one commercial after another. 
I I kind of dug that. What did what did you guys think? Mike, I'll let you go first. I've been talking forever. <laughs> yeah, that that part was great, man. Uh, the <laughs> when they do the the Nuprin part, when he's like, yeah, Fiddle, I, Nuprin, I don't think Nuprin. any. Yeah. Like I remember that commercial. So do I. When they go when they they cut to the black and white and they only show the pill as like you know in color, yeah, in yellow, yeah. Um, yeah, man, I thought I thought that scene was genius the way they uh, the way they took care of it because obviously it's real product placement that they're doing, but they're just making fun of the whole fact of how ridiculous it is that they have to like you know sell this product in the movie and to get money and everything like that and it's I mean it's basically the plot of, of Wayne's World one, yeah, and uh, yeah, you know merchandising and selling out and you know instead of just having fun and doing something that you like to do and hoping that people jump on board. It still isn't going to make me fucking eat Pizza Hut again. Like, I don't <laughs> care how much Wings World like pu- pushes Pizza Hut. It's not a good pizza. All right. It's not. So, it's not... No, go ahead, Rico. I'm sorry. I thought, you thought you were done. What, Mike? I was going to say, what were the products again? It was Nuprin, Reebok, Doritos. Pepsi. Pepsi. And Pizza Hut. And Pizza Hut. And Pizza Hut. Yeah. yeah. So a lot of Dude. those things I already eat anyway, besides I haven't had Pizza Hut in probably... 30 years for all yeah, I know, but... uh, uh, I've had it within the last five years, but not, not, uh, as a first choice. So put it that way. I had it more recent than that. Steph convinced me there was a pizza hut, like um, less than a mile away from when we lived with my mother during quarantine. And we're like, let's get fucking pizza hut. And we, uh, the Pete, the pizza was fine. The flavor was fine. We got the thin crust, cracker crust, whatever the fuck. But it, it like two pieces cost like fifty five dollars. They're expensive. Like, they really are. I was like, it's so not worth the price. No, it's this it's. Is a, although this is a big ass cracker with fucking tomato sauce and cheese, I could have fucking done this. With back in Doritos. the back in the day, though, very quickly, not to go off on a thing. My quick question for you, because this this so I just curious, did you live anywhere near Oakland as a kid? Yeah. Okay. There was a Pizza Hut in Oakland that was right at the end of Cuthbert Boulevard and Whitehorse Pike. And I know these roads don't mean anything to the listeners, but just hear, hear me out. There was, and it, it sat back off the road a little bit. Like the parking lot was huge, but we used to go there all the time. Cause back in the day, pizza hut was really good. Rico, like back in the like late eighties, early nineties, they were really good. At least I guess when you're that, maybe when you're that young, you don't know any better too, which is certainly possible. But sure. we used to remember, and they used to have all these programs with my with my public schools where like you could earn points towards like free pizzas and shit. But the one I'm mentioning specifically, Mike, I don't know if you remember, they had a Pac Man table where it was a table big enough to sit at, but it also had a controller. And Pac Man was like, you would sit there, and you could sit there and play Pac Man on the table while you were eating. See, I, I know exactly where you're talking about. It's like a bank now. Yeah, it, it's 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 actually the bank that you know I used to work for, but we'll we right. won't say the name. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I know exactly where you're talking about, but I don't know if I've ever been to that Pizza Hut. But I do remember uh, going to a Pizza Hut and them having a Miss Pac-Man table arcade. But they had it there too. Uh, okay. I see. When you're when you're like nine, you think that's the only one in the world that has it, or they probably right, all right. did. But. <laughs> So they, yeah, so they probably all had those Pac-Man uh, arcade Tables, games. Yeah, Rico. The, yeah. Ulti- the ultimate irony is that I remember my mom worked at a lot of restaurants and bars. Nothing, like, nothing like Pizza Hut or anything like that. She worked at like right. private restaurants, not chains. And I remember there was she took me to one fucking bar 
that she worked at numerous times, and they had a fucking Pac-Man table. Nice. So, like, I, the irony is I did do this, but it wasn't at fucking Pizza Hut. Well, and I'm not yeah. saying, I wasn't trying to, I, I, I know you're not saying that I was saying this, but I also was not saying it was exclusive to Pizza Hut, but that's a memory I have of going to Pizza Hut. Sure. The two, the sure. two memories I have, the three memories I have of Pizza Hut are the Pac-Man table, the fact that they would break, because it is supposed to be, like, deep dish pizza, it's not. It's not Chicago style deep dish, but it's supposed to be deep. It's, it's pan pizza, as they call it. It's so, yeah. So they would bring it out with that clip. On they would bring the pan directly to the table, like carrying it with that clip, so that they're not burning themselves. Which I get why, but I got that stands out to me for some reason. Mm-hmm. And then more than anything, the red plastic cups they would give you to get your beverages. Like they were like these red, like it was red plastic, but it was like like bumpy red plastic like you could it wasn't clear like you couldn't see through the glass like if you put the beverage in you could see the beverage but you couldn't see straight through it if it was empty like it was and i don't know something about those those glasses and i'll just plastic cups that they gave you to get your drinks in at from the fountain machine like i don't know why but yeah so yeah, I prefer Chuck E. Cheese's. There were more games. To See, play I I I, I was not a Chuck E. Cheese person, but then I didn't get it very often, so I guess I probably something to do with it. But fun um, fact, I used to work at Chuck E. Cheese when I was nineteen, I think. Were you in the suit? Were you Were you Chucky? I uh, yeah, I was Chucky. Oh everybody, man, really? everybody had to do it. You rotated through, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was not. How, how did it smell? <laughs> I don't remember, so maybe that's good. You or you already blocked it out. It was that traumatic. I, yeah, I, blocked, I only worked there for like like five months or something. I was just like doing it to get some extra money for our shore house because we we're going down the shore for the summer, and I just needed to make some extra money. So, sure. are you Chuck planning on working for? Are you planning on working at Chuck E. Cheese's again sometime soon? I mean, if I got to do, if I got to do what I got to do. Well, because I want to ask a question you know, that if you could. Give me the fucking inside, and it may it would probably jeopardize your chance of ever going back there. Yeah, um, ask away. All right, I heard a rumor that they would take old pizzas that were like left on the table and take <laughs> the slices and make a new pie and pretend they cut it up, but like you could see the, like the slices don't match the other slices. I've 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 never done that. I've never seen that, but I'm I'm gonna say yeah, they do that. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, Mike, not giving a fuck. No, He's like, I'll work no. for Pete Hut. I so <laughs> getting back to the commercial thing, I do have another question for you. There is technically another commercial reference in the film, but there's not a product shown. Do either of you know what it is? Rico, looks like you do. So before you answer, Mike, do you know what I'm talking about? Say it again. There is yet another commercial reference in the film, in the first one. First one, okay. That's not, but it's not, it's A, not in that sequence we were just discussing, and B, you don't ever actually see the product. There's a commercial in it. Oh, I guess it would be... uh... Is it Fender or the no, Stratic? What no, kind of- no, but they did end up making a Wayne's World Fender based on the film, but that's not it. So, all right, that's my, Rico. Great Poupon. See, I would have expected oh, Mike uh, to get uh, that over you, honestly, because they right, don't right, run that I commercial totally anymore. That. Yeah, I totally forgot about that part, yeah. 
I glossed over that part. That was just like a, yeah, that was a stupid. Uh, but that's stupid a commercial joke. that I remember to this day. Like I remember every aspect of that that original commercial that from them doing them. So. Well, I'll tell you what. I I mean, the commercial was playing before I was aware of television, and it hasn't been playing since. But after watching Wayne's World, whatever you know, fully like five years ago, I was like, I don't fucking get that joke. And I looked it up, and I'm like, oh. And then since then, that joke has been used like so many times, like The Simpsons or like Family Guy or shit like that. that. So now I understand the joke. That commercial. I honestly think is one of those those commercials that like will live on in infamy, even though the even if the product's long gone. Do you know what I mean? Like Grape it's, Upon's it's still. It's the a where's thing. the beef? It's the uh, yeah, where's it's the, the beef? It's the can you hear me now? You know, it's you know to a lesser extent the what's up, but not as much. Oh, what's up was really popular. It, it was, but it died off. Like Grape Upon's had you know the excuse me, do you have any Grape Upon's? Kind of carried through whereas yeah. the the was up kind of died off a bit it was huge at the time uh, i ain't arguing but you never saw I would say the was commercial ever what mike you, you never you never saw another great poupon commercial ever after that even though the, the product still exists uh-huh they don't need any other kind of advertisement uh-huh. because everybody knows you know pardon me do you have any great poupon so yeah but to be fair well, i don't know anybody who ever buys great poupon oh i have you bought Grey Poupon? Not regularly, but I've I have had it and I've had bought I, I yeah. have purchased it. it yeah, it, I. It, um, it, it to me I don't know why, but I typically see it like um uh, I would go to family events where they would get like cold cut uh platters because there'd be so many mm-hmm. of us it would just be easier to have like a roll of cold cut cuts and like a pile of bread and you can you know rolls or bread make sandwiches and Grey Poupon would be one of the, the uh. Spread choices. So. Condiments. Yeah, thank you. Can't say I've ever had gray poupon. I have. It's it's anything. it's it's a spicy mustard with a bit of, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, it, I I wouldn't buy it. I, I don't I don't like that type of brown spicy brown mustard. It, it's well, it's more of a honey Dijon than a brown spicy, but sure, you know, you know. Yeah, I mean, I like honey mustard. I have honey mustard in my fridge. But see, it's but not honey mustard. Point. It's like a mixture between the brown spicy and the honey mustard. It's like it's that middle road. It's it's if the two of them yeah. had a baby, you get gray poupon. So if you had a baby and you were gray pooped on, then you have a sick baby. <laughs> yes, yes, you do. Yes, you do. Um, um, what did, what did we, uh, the state, the Stacy character was kind of pointless. I felt like through the whole thing, just to yeah. show, I mean, it, I guess it shows that someone likes Wayne more than Garth, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's just, it's just a weird, it's just a gimmicky thing, you know, having a stalker girlfriend or a stalker ex-girlfriend. You, know. you mentioned not liking the the happy endings on or the 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 true endings on either of them, but I just said they were weak. Well, no, right. Well, that's what I mean. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not nitpicking what what you said. My 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 question is, um, and I think I'm a bigger fan of this franchise than you are, but I love the fact that it was a Scooby Doo ending. Yeah, I like that. I thought that was funny. Let me let me let me compare it this way. Clue gives you three endings. Yes. And you can kind of look at each one and be like, I picked that one as my ending. They ultimately give you the final one as canon officially, but you as the viewer can be like, I choose this one. 
Yeah. I wish they were more creative with I don't, I don't know. I just feel like they, they gave up. I think, I think honestly, they were like, we got, which ending should we choose? Well, should we just stop at two? And then I remember, and it would not surprise me if my father was like, fuck the audience. Let's throw out a Scooby-Doo like fucking one. Well, and they also wanted to do the, the, that's, that's another Wayne's, Wayne's world yeah. stable. So they wanted to be able to, which was odd to me because, okay, you do that in the first one. So it makes sense. But then they do the three endings in the second one and they never do that piece. They just, they're crawling through the desert dying and then they're like, we don't want to end the movie this way. Let's do the Thelma and Louise one. And then before they, they don't even do that. It just cuts to the Thelma and Louise ending and then they do that, and they're like, "All right, well, let's do the super happy ending." And then it just cuts to it, like they don't they they take that bit out of the multi ending in the second one. So, yeah. Rico, you had mentioned uh, Clue. Um, did you know that there was an actor or actress who was in the movie Clue that was also in Wayne's World One? No, I didn't know that anyway. It's not Tim I'm Curry. Trying think, I'm, I'm trying to. I'm trying to think of who the fuck is in Clue. It's not a huge cast. Is it McKean? It's not McKean. It's. Uh, I'll say it's an actress. I'll say that. Okay. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, Yvette. I don't know. Yvette. That the maid in Clue is in Wayne's World One. She plays uh, Art um, Noah's arcade's uh, wife. Oh shit! Oh no shit! Oh. By the way, when I was rewatching it, I was like, that girl looks familiar. And I had to look it up and I was like, holy shit, it's fucking Yvette from Clue. How crazy is that? I have, uh, I have a question for you. Yeah. Do you think when Wayne holds up the sign uh, saying this man has no penis, do you think it's a reference to the fact that, that was a almost verbatim line? Bill Murray in Ghostbusters because it's Brian Boyle Murray, Bill's older brother. Do you think he was throwing a Ghostbusters in that scene? Yeah, maybe, maybe. Possibly. I didn't even think of that. Yeah. yeah. There's definitely a connection there. Yeah. It's a better connection I'll than we have with Ringo tonight. I'll, uh-huh. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you. He said there's no he's like a better connection than one tonight. Um, <laughs> I, I'll tell you the whole Grey Poupon thing. I thought the dude in the roles was Noah. Uh, uh, Brian uh, Doyle Murphy. No, Vanderhoff. Like, yeah, I thought yeah. it was Vanderhoff later. That would have been funnier, actually. They should have made it him, but it's it's not. I think it's just some guy. But It's just some guy, but he definitely looks like him. A little bit. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that. Um, there was I'm a, trying to think of... Did you know the, the, the scene with the hand and the hammer? There was supposed to be more to that scene? I know the explanation of why it is what it is. Yeah, well, and, and the more to it is part of the explanation. Like, it's one and the same. Mike, do you know that or no? I do not know. Enlighten me. So, you know this, you know the part where I'm talking about where Rob Lowe comes down and he's like, you know, and then the hand starts coming to life and he starts, and Garth starts beating with a hammer. You know, we yeah, fear yeah. change. We fear change. There, yeah. there was supposed to be more of an antagonist relationship between Garth and. Uh, Benjamin and there ultimately ended up being in the film and actually he was building the hand to kill Benjamin. Oh, and, I did and it, hear I did hear that. Before, and it yeah. came to life before it was supposed to so he 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 was like beating it down so it didn't kill him right then and there. So <laughs> what it what is were so you gonna funny s- to see Rico. What? Go. I, I said it's so funny to like watch Rob Lowe 
now because when I, growing up, he was always the dick. He was yeah. always the villain. And, you know, he was always, you know, he's the bad guy in Tommy Boy. He's the bad guy in Wayne's World 1. And then he's he's kind of a bad guy in, in Austin Powers, you know, as a young number two. So for me to, like, watch, like, the West Wing, he's very charming and kind of kind of sometimes an idiot. So I'm just like, this is so bizarre to me to see him be a very lighthearted uh, protagonist as opposed to a mean-spirited antagonist. Because he plays an antagonist very well, even more so in, like, Tommy Boy. Tommy Boy is despicable as fuck. Um, I don't know. It's just it's just weird to go and go backwards and be like, oh, my God, Rob Lowe can actually be a, not a, not nice, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and this was, like, kind of like a comeback movie for Rob Lowe, wasn't it? Like, after that whole sex tape uh not scandal, but it, oh, it's know. always a scandal for sure. He definitely <laughs> fucked a kid. Well, yeah. I mean, he fucked a sixteen-year-old, but that's you know he didn't know. I give him credit; he didn't know, but like he did that shit. <laughs> I, and I actually, I actually know somebody that happened to. Like, I'm not going to get into yeah. the details, but I, I know someone that I happened to, like, like a personal friend, not Rob. <laughs> you know, so right. You know, um, it, it does happen, but I, you know, I. They did the roast of Rob Lowe and like Pete Davidson's like, yeah, yeah, your fucking career and all that shit. But I just want to remind the world, you fucked a child. Like, you did that shit. <laughs> wow. And Rob Lowe, like, is just kind of like smiling. And then he's like, no, 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 no. All your fucking like amazing feats of being a Tommy boy in Wayne's World and whatever, you fucked a kid. <laughs> like, it just kept going on. It was that awkward fucking molly, 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 but really fucking <laughs> right. into the shit. Right. And we, the audience, are like, "Oh my god, how is how is Rob Lowe not like shitting a brick right now, or beating the shit out of Pete Davidson at this point?" Yeah, it's true. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Mike, do you have anything you wanted to bring up that we didn't talk about? Any anything about the films or anything that stood out for you? Anything that, that you really enjoyed or disliked or whatever? No, just like when I think about this movie, I actually saw this movie in, in uh, the movie theater. I remember the going first to see one it. or the second one. The first, the first, the first one. one? I, okay. I, I guess I, I'm guessing I saw the second one in the movie theater. Uh, I really don't. I really didn't remember too much of the second one when I when I was rewatching. I just remember the whole Wayne Stock uh, plot, but sure. I really didn't remember a, a, a lot of it. But yeah, I just it it, it just it kind of brought me back um, to simpler times. I don't know. But yeah, I saw this movie in the theater and like it just kind of rewatching it, it just kind of brought me back, uh, you know, to that time or whatever. And I, I get that. I get I get that way watching Men in Black because I saw that oh, in the yeah. theater and I, I um, you know, w- with our classmate that's, you know, sadly no longer with us. But like I, I saw that with her. And, and so like it's not even about that, but I take it takes me back to that moment of just being in the theater and watching it and being at that place. So I get it totally. Yeah. And it definitely gave me, uh, like, I knew who Queen was. Like, I knew We Will Rock You. and See, I didn't know, yeah, I didn't know prior to to Wayne's World at that point in my life. That's, so. Those are the only two songs that I knew of. And then going to see that in Bohemian Rhapsody, like, you know, just, you know, kind of brought me into, you know, being a, a you know, more of a Queen fan, which I'm sure, sure it did for everybody else. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just, I don't know. It's just a, it was just a great, great time. <laughs> I would agree with that sentiment. I think we will rock you and we are the champions is like every kid knows that. And then once they're introduced to behavior, they're like, holy shit, there's more to this awesomeness. 
Yeah, and then um, you get into the rest of the library, and it's a bunch of great stuff too. But yes, you're absolutely right, Rico. Yeah. Like that's typically the 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 stepping path. Because we will rock you is easy for any kid. You may not be able to understand all the lyrics, like but you know we all can do bum 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 like every right. kid so um, and on I, top I of that really... they typically if you listen to them on the radio typically you hear we will rock you and we are the champions, we are the they, champions like yeah. paired together they almost always do them paired together so because he i think he started that on live aid it just now became like a whole thing where like we're just gonna have to do that from now on yeah, I mean, maybe. I, I don't know if that's where that genesis comes from, but that's definitely a thing that happens now. So, you know. Um, listen, yeah, I, it's a, if anything, it's a violation if you don't play the two songs back-to-back. You got you to play them. I, 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 a, I, I might have violated that then on the radio show. I don't remember. So uh, I, I think it's a violation to play Bohemian Rhapsody and not finish the whole thing. Like, I have purposely been late for work. I was sitting outside in my car and Bohemian Rhapsody was playing. I'm looking at the clock, and I'm like, I gotta finish Bohemian Rhapsody. Like, <laughs> you, you and, I, and then I even like I went in. I, I was I wasn't like late, late, but I was like three minutes late, which is nothing. You get sure. you get that leeway. Yeah. And I even posted about it on Twitter. I'm like, that's when you know you give a fuck when you are purposely late for work to finish Bohemian Rhapsody in your car stereo. Yeah. But, yeah. No, that's for sure. Um. Listen. Um, God, Rigo. No, I, I'm saying I don't have much more to add. I mean, I, I have I know a little bit of of Wayne's World. Uh, of I'm sorry, of um, Mike Myers' prima donna acts. Yeah, we don't only, need to get into that. I don't think the the only other thing from the film that I found really interesting in it, it's like because Rico, you and I do this sometimes with this show, and I think it's a product of the fact that since we analyze movies the way that we do, you start looking for like that would never happen. And part of me blames a little bit, and I, mean, I say very little bit of that on Stephanie, because Stephanie's the, the the queen of that would never happen. I mean, you do it, I do it, but I I was definitely doing that before I met Stephanie. But no, I'm not. No, no, least... no, no, no. I'm not saying it's her fault. I said it this much, very little bit, very little bit. But yeah, she definitely for she definitely brings up like we'll think of it from this point of view. Right. I'm like, oh, I, I, I listen. If anyone knows us and knows the relationship that we have with Stephanie that we've talked about on this show, they know I'm playing around. I'm not upset of with course. Stephanie. But he when Garth has that that basically a fucking taser belt that he has. I hated that sequence. Well, I don't mind it when they're at Gasworks. When they're over when they go into Gasworks and the guy get doesn't get out of his way. That I don't mind. But what what is not brought up in the film, but if you're paying attention, he's wearing it to the Alice Cooper concert. Yeah, I noticed that. You would never get backstage wearing a taser no. belt anywhere. No. It, so. it's, it, that definitely seems like they filmed that one sequence, and they're like, let's just go, and there's no wardrobe change. Like, you just walk across the lot. Boom, there you are. Right. I mean, that very well could have been. And I know if it is what it is, but I, and I, is it is it a thing that destroys the movie in any way? Not at all. You know what I mean? Like, at all. I don't mind the concept of the taser itself. I, I, was, I was cringing when the, 
when he was like quote unquote twirling the gun, so to speak, where he's like yeah. throwing it back and forth in each hand and it's sped up to look like it's badass, and then he puts it in his holster. I was like, that is the dumbest fucking bit in this whole movie. It's so bad. I oh, see it's that really didn't bad. that didn't phase me at all. I, I just found it uh, interesting it so that he'd bored. get backstage at Alice Cooper wearing that belt. <laughs> So, well, Alice Cooper doesn't look like he actually gets surprised by anything. No, but secu- I'm saying that security would let him get back there. You know, apparently those badges don't you know allow you to get through shit. You like, talk about the you stupidest. Just... You talk about the stupidest bit in the thing. Like my, for me, it was when they do have the laminates and they're holding it up and like showing everybody they walk past. I'm like, all right, let it go. You know, like. I don't know. I don't think you and I and even Mike would be any different if we were seeing Kevin Smith or someone like I wouldn't be showing you know, everybody. No, I, I definitely wouldn't be doing that. I'd be showing it to the people who need to see it that are going to let us have entrance. But I wouldn't I'd be wearing it because you have to. But I wouldn't be I wouldn't be doing that. No. All right. Yeah, all right. Just for the for the for the joke. I, I would do it just for the joke. Well, see, but, right. But if you didn't know that joke, would you just be doing like you wouldn't be walking around like that? Right. The only other time I've seen that replicated is by Mr. Bean. Mr. Bean will have something and he will show it off. Like, look at it. Look at what I have. Like, well, it's that... very much the same thing. But Mr. Bean was before Wayne, Wayne's World. So, and Wayne, and Mike Myers is a big British fan. So I am putting in the theory that Mike Myers stole that bit from, from Rowan Atkinson. And that's possible. Yeah. That's certainly possible. So, um, the only other, I think the only other scene that might be worth discussing, um, besides a shout out to Charlton Heston for showing up randomly in the thing, um, is the fight scene between Cassandra's father and Wayne. The yeah, fight itself is, yeah. I thought that could have been a little bit shorter. That thing yeah. carried on for way too long. I mean, there were some good bits in there here and there, but it, it just seemed like filler to me. It's bordering on offensive, but then I laughed really fucking hard when he answers the phone in like March and like, and hanging like pulling the phone out and then hanging up or, or is that was for me, what cinched that scene is really fucking funny, but everything else is just like, Oh Jesus. Well, I did. I did like the going with that. I did like the whole, like, well, it might be easier if we switch to dub from subtitles if we're going to fight or something that like I thought that was one of those funny moments too. If you're gonna if you're gonna pull this out like switching, you know, and the fact that the, the guy he's fighting Jeff is um oh god either of you if you remember but it, the the main bad in Big Trouble in Little China it's the same actor, right? I forget the actor's name. But yeah, that well, I don't expect it. I was expecting. I was hoping you might remember the character because the character from Big Big Trouble. But anyway, it's that yeah. same actor, you know. And I thought that was kind of. I don't know if that was on purpose or just they needed, you know, an Asian actor. And he's like, "I'll do it," you know. I don't know, but sure, you know. Uh, but if it was by design, and I think it was a nicely played thing. So, um, I. I I really don't have much else, guys. But I I it was a nice it was a nice Rico it was a nice power cleanse from what we you know we we sure not to say that the last ones were all bad. I know I I gave you some shit on some of them, but most of that was tongue in cheek anyway. But like they were, this, they were heavy. Yeah, they were heavy. These were this was a nice nice power cleanse, and and considering 
you know, teaser, we're going to have a meal on the next episode. You know, I think that kind of plays. True. You know, so. Um, Mike, anything you want to talk about or add or say before we, we start to wrap this thing down? Um, it doesn't even have to guys, be about the film, just favorite? in general. Oh, um, no, no, not really. It's great coming on again. I, you know, I oh, we love having you, buddy. We, you know, we were, we, um, recently were referencing multiple episodes you just happened to be on, uh, the Back to the Future episode that you joined us for. And then I think we were talking about the Clerks one you joined us for not that long ago, too. So, yeah, we'll love to have you back. We'll have you come back and join us again. Um, I think you even did a commentary with us once, didn't you? Or we tried. I don't know, maybe we did. Did we not? We did a commentary. We did. Together, yeah, I thought so. Yeah. yeah. So I thought so. Um, so yeah, we'll have to have you back again sometime and, uh, we'll do another, another, uh, proper recording here. And, and, uh, I don't know if you heard, but Rico and I are, we got a, we got a busy January, February lineup between, uh, we're doing two spy flicks and the entire Fast and the Furies, uh, franchise. So. It'll be nice. Be busy. Uh, when, when's this coming out? Are you putting this out in February? Because next week actually came out in February of '92, uh, so they're 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 hitting their 30 year mark. Oh this shit! Year. No, next year, no. This this will be out next next week. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, uh, but there you go. There's a there's a a good thing there. Uh, I almost felt like there was one more. Do we do, do we need to talk about Dell Pres? I feel like we talked about Dell a bunch of times, Rico, in other episodes because he's been, the same actor has been in other stuff that we've talked about. Not really. It, it, the, his whole thing kind of got a little cringy. Like he was a great character at first, and then I was just like, I'm, I'm over it. Well, I think For- I think I think Garth puts it best when he goes, "I have a question. When did you turn into a nut bar?" <laughs> you know, like I thought that was. <laughs> I think that I think that actually addresses that nicely. You know what I mean? So, um, that story that he talks about the the Ozzy story getting the, the he tells like three times throughout the yeah. movie. Yeah, yeah. Like I totally forgot about that bit too. Like I, I thought I forgot it was like ongoing. I forgot about the whole movie to tell you the truth. I had uh, I had to beat him to death with his own shoes. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, what'd you think of the Laverne and Shirley gag? Uh, Rico, in the first I one. Ca- I don't think I caught the Laverne and Shirley. It's gag. in the first one okay. when they go to Alice Cooper and they they do the whole opening to Laverne and Shirley. Are you were you familiar with Laverne and Shirley? No, not okay. really. It's, I, that, it's, I wanted it. Yeah, it's Sally Field's it. first thing. It was a spinoff of Bosom Buddies. It was it was Sally Field. It was. Well, you said in the first movie. Yes, and it's in the first movie. The sequence that they imitate is in the first movie. The see. The Laverne and Shirley is actually a TV show from the 70s. Oh, I thought they were doing a... I thought they did the bit... Oh, I guess that was in the first movie, but they did also a re, a, a similar thing of them going to England. So that's... No, that's I, when I, they I, go... I just, that's when they go... No, 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 no. We're talking very specific. When they go to Milwaukee for the Alice mm-hmm. Cooper thing, when they're walking down the street and Shamil, Shamazel, Hassan Fever Incorporated, they do almost exactly... The opening sequence to Laverne and Shirley. I understand what you're saying. I I can I put both separate montages of each of the separate films. I confused them for one second. Gotcha. I, was, I was like, gotcha. that's my bad. No, um, I I knew what they were going for, but 
but I I couldn't have told you. Oh, I know it's Laverne and Shirley. I only it's one of those hammy fucking seventy sitcoms. I I get it. I I understand what they're trying to go for. To our um, age, our age shows, Mike. That's where that comes. from. I said seventies, motherfuckers. Like no, the fact that we know not, it and rec- recognized it, like yeah. So well, I mean, we we just established. I you know we all fucking knew what Grey Poupon was, but you know some of us just missed the commercial. All right, on that note, CJ here with a few thank yous to let you know how you can get in touch with and follow the show and us. Listen to us on the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere else you find your podcast. Please don't forget to rate and comment. If you want to agree with or yell at us, you can do it live. That's right, Rico and I put ourselves on a weekly live stream called Getting Vocal with Podeskew every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern, 5 to 7 p.m p.m. Pacific at getvocal.com slash podeskew. That's www.getvokl.com slash podeskew, where we discuss various topics from past and present shows and even sometimes play games. If you can't or don't want to join us live, you can follow Rico, me, and the show on Twitter. The show is at Podeskew, Rico is at Rance Rico, and I'm at M underscore Blade. We want to thank logo designer and show friend Mike for his work on our wonderful logo. You can contact him for artwork via email at logomike80 at gmail.com. That's logomike80 at gmail.com. Thank you to Samuel Lemons for all original music on the show, especially our theme music. You can find Sam on Twitter at Samuel Lemons and his music on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash Samuel dash Lemons. Finally, our biggest thank you is to you, everyone, for listening. Rico and I really appreciate your time and look forward to bringing you another episode soon. Daily reminder, Thursday, purchase feeble public access cable show and exploit it. Well, I feel sorry for whoever that is. That's got all the buzz. You have power I have never felt before. Critics are calling it unbelievably charming. Captivating. A delight to watch. Casey Walpole couldn't be more perfect as Naomi. You ready? The question is, are you ready? Get ready to see why. I don't know what is happening to me. Are you a superhero? Superheroes aren't real. What if they are? Naomi. All new tonight on The CW. Tonight at 9, only on DCW 50. Washington CW.